Welcome to the Zen of Everything, a Zen take on life, love, laughter, and everything else. With Jundo Cohen, a real Zen master. That's me. And Kirk McElhern, that's me, a guy who knows a bit about Zen. Good evening, Jundo. You must be really busy tonight, packing, trying to get ready for your big trip. Oh boy, we're going to have to cut tonight short because I have suitcases to pack and I got to pack my son's case and we're heading off to America tomorrow, which these days, as you know, is not so easy. Boy, just to get on the airplane is, uh, I've been, uh, had things stuck up my nose and blood taken and all kinds <laughs> of things, but we passed, we passed yesterday. Good news. Uh, we're clean enough to get on the plane and apparently they're going to let us back in America. Well, interesting. When was the last time you were there? Oh, it's been uh, a couple of years now, you know. Okay. But uh, actually, I got nothing to complain about because in the old days, you know, all the old Zen masters, the Buddha, you know, he just walked everywhere with bare feet, with bare feet yeah. nonetheless, you know. Uh, he didn't fly very much. Well, he did actually. He did fly, but under his own power. <laughs> if you read the Lotus but, uh, Sutra, yes, he, he yeah. did fly. And uh, Master Dogen, when he uh, went to China, uh, he had a terrible time in the bottom of a boat with storms. There's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a manga that someone uh, at the Sotoshu wrote about this, where they show uh, Dogen in the storm, and he's praying, and Cannon comes and rescues the boat. A giant cannon appears out of the ocean and rescues the boat. Very dramatic stuff. And uh, mm. so he, he uh, went to but all I got to do, I got to get to the airport and, and basically uh, get on and then uh, see what's on the movies, you know, for <laughs> for 12 hours of flying. <laughs> so it's not exactly the same, I got to admit. No, it's nowhere near as difficult. Dogen had this wonderful thing where he discussed about whether the boat was moving or the horizon was moving. Well, I think his stomach was probably moving from the, the pictures I've seen. <laughs> and uh, But that's Wait, true, you saw you pictures know? of Dogen? Well, yeah, you know, in the in the the manga version, which uh, you know you have to assume is maybe slightly embellished, but uh, uh, th that's the story. But that's you know the point. When we travel, and your body is moving in one direction, we think the Earth stands still. But is the Earth actually moving while you are standing still, or is everything moving? Probably everything is moving. Everything is moving as you move. We uh, sometimes say that when you climb the mountain, we think that we are climbing the mountain and the mountain is, is standing still. But actually, the mountain is walking down your feet. And every atom in the mountain is flowing. If you go through billions of years, you'll see actually the mountain flows like water. So everything is moving. But uh, still, I had to get a ticket. <laughs> I, I've seen these animations of all the continents on Earth as they move around over the millions of years. And we know that they're still moving. We know that even even if we can't detect it, it's infinitesimal. We know that they're still moving. And they started together, and then they broke up, and then they're going to end up together again at some point. Well, that's one way to, for me to get to America, I guess, is just wait here until it comes back. <laughs> but uh, that would take a while. So uh, I got to get on a plane tomorrow, and I have to uh, fly. 
This is my, uh, I lost count. I think I've crossed the Pacific 75 times. Wow. Yeah. Uh, always okay. with an airplane, which... Uh, well, you should try with a ship once. I would try with a ship once. <laughs> you know, that's a good idea. You can relive Dogen's experience. Yeah, but even then, you know, I got the I need the Dramamine. I'm not the the best. I have to confess, for a Zen guy, I sit on the plane and every time there's a bump or every time we hit a little air, air turbulence, I I need to do zazen because I I'm a, basically a white knuckle flyer who ah. used to be terrified of flying. And I took a course uh, years ago where they take you in a plane and first they have you sit in the plane and then you actually take off and pilots come on and experienced flyers and they explain to you how safe it is to be in a metal tube in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) Going at thousands of miles an hour. Well, maybe hundreds of miles an hour. Yes, right. In the freezing cold without, yes, yeah. But there was an American comedian, you know, uh, who is apparently, he, he was one of the Me Too movement fellows, so we're not supposed to say his name, but Louis C.K. had a wonderful routine about flying. Do you know the routine? No, I don't. He said he was in an airport, and he was waiting to get on the plane, and they got on the plane, and a guy next to him in the seat was complaining because the Wi-Fi on the plane was no good. And Louis turned to him and said, wait a second. You know, six months ago, they didn't have Wi-Fi on planes. And not only that, what are you complaining about? You are sitting in a chair, flying through the sky like only the gods of ancient past could do. You are going from continent to continent in a matter of minutes. And what do you care that you cannot download Seinfeld right now? (laughs) You know, so I'm with Louie on that. Uh, I only have uh, two basic requests from the airline. One is that they take off. One is that they land. And also that they have oxygen in between. Oxygen in yes. between is very nice. Yeah. And food wouldn't hurt. Well, food wouldn't hurt in a decent movie. I mean, I don't want to see like uh, shark, Sharknado or something, you know. Yeah. You remember back in the days when you didn't even get movies, or if you got movies, they were projected on the bulkhead uh, 25 rows in front of you, and you could barely see them. Now you're spoiled. You got this screen right in front of you. Everybody gets their own movie, and then we complain because they're going to charge you five bucks for it. I mean, come on. It's wonderful. (laughs) You're in the air having lunch. You can bring your own iPad or tablet or whatever and watch your own movies if you want. want Are you allowed to do that now? Good. Good. Oh, I think so. I I haven't flown in years. Um, Last time I flew was 2013. I flew from France to the UK. Well, how how did you get from... uh... You took the channel? You took the, the train through the ocean? Well, I, when I was in France and preparing my move, I came to the UK three times. Once I took the Eurostar from Paris to London. So that's the train that goes under the channel. And two other times I flew. And so these were short-haul flights. You don't even get a movie. You don't even get a snack on these things. It's like an hour and a half in, in the air. But that's wonderful, too. You're crossing. You're actually crossing under the ocean to get uh, that's to amazing, places. Yeah. Yes, it's all amazing. And we are, are so, how to say, uh, blasé about yes. these miracles that we have. I will not complain. I don't care tomorrow 
if my plane is 17 hours late, actually, yes, I do complain and I'm going to complain to the ticket agent and I want my money back. But apart from that, <laughs> I'm a Zen guy. I will not complain and I will accept that my plane is delayed because I just want to arrive. That's what I'm paying for. You know, uh, I, I don't need much, much more. Now, of course, I'm taking two suitcases. Not for me, because most of it's my son's stuff. He's going to college. That's the reason for this trip, by the way. Right. Uh, I'm very proud of my son. He's going to Virginia Tech. He's going to be a Hokie. And, Is that uh, what they call them? Okay. They're Hokies, yes. And I looked up, why, where did the name Hokies come from for Virginia Tech? Nobody knows. It's an interesting thing. Nobody knows why they're the Hokies. But go Hokies. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, I'm taking him, and I couldn't leave an 18-year-old alone in the United States for several weeks. Uh, mm. to get his own uh, COVID shot and stuff. So I'm going with him. And uh, we're spending a few weeks. And it's also going to be a good father-son trip before uh, he gets to school. Yes, but you're not going to Virginia Tech. You are going to the center of U.S. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel guilty. I got to explain. The capital of desire and dukkha. We looked for We have to go for four weeks because we're getting the COVID shots and we want to get the two shot, right? So I looked for the cheapest tickets. The cheapest tickets by far were to Las Vegas, Nevada, which, by the way, you can also get a deepest, decent apartment there. So we're sitting in Las Vegas for four weeks, uh, basically to get our shots. And uh, see, we're going to drive around the desert, and I got friends out there, so we're going to drive around a bit. But uh, I, I'm not going to gamble or anything. But, but I did this. But I wanted to check out the Zen scene. So I put in the, the, the Google, I said, Zen Center of Las Vegas, right? And it came up. There's a Zen Center Las Vegas. And I look it up, and it looks good. It's got a picture of Canon, and they're, they're doing Zen. And then I, I read down a little bit. They, they've apparently been prosecuted because it was a sex club. <laughs> it's a very Vegas story. The, it, the, the, the news reports actually say, Zen Center Secrets Sex Club. It was a swingers thing. So I decided not to contact them. Yeah. <laughs> and probably I, I not also the best have place to, to go. To, probably not the best place to go join in Zazen. Yeah, no, it, no, I, it's not, uh, not for me. And I also need a shout out to the Zen Center of Las Vegas, which apparently has to deal with this. It's a nice Kwan Yum Korean Zen Center that is in uh, Las Vegas. Not to be confused with the Zen Center Las Vegas. I'm sure lots of people confuse the two. Well, a lot of people use the word Zen in many different ways. You go to the Zen Center Las Vegas to feel Zen, to get that Zen mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. I have vows, mm -hmm. my friend. I'm, some yes. vows. You know, even I, I, I push the vows, but even I have limits. I, 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 uh, yeah. Yes. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking just Buddhist vows, marriage vows. You know, my wife yes, listens to this course. podcast. Yes. My... Okay. <laughs> so. You're going there for four weeks because he has to be fully vaccinated before he can start college? That is correct. That's right. Plus, it's, yeah. it's not easy to get into the U.S. I didn't want to take any chances and send him the last yeah. minute. And uh, so yeah. that's why we're going. And you can't get vaccinated in Japan? No, no. It's uh, way behind here. They've only vaccinated, I think, 2% of the population. And uh, I wish everyone well here in, uh, in Japan. Um, I would stay here and tough it out with everybody else but um because i'm taking my son i decided well yeah. i should get it too so i'm gonna i'm gonna have it uh i i must say though 
that uh, the I'm complaining here about that I had to take a blood test and I had to do this and that, but think about what they had to go through in the old days to travel. When Dogen did go to China, he he didn't send emails back home and he didn't have Skype and uh, he didn't uh, even have a suitcase really. Uh, he just carried. He just walked with what he could carry, which for a monk was robes and a bowl, uh, maybe uh, a few other items, small items, his his cushion to sit. And that's how they travel. Um, now, actually, when he came home, he said, I came home empty handed, just with my eyes and my nose. So I, my eyes are horizontal. My nose is vertical. That's what he said he came home with. But I think he actually brought home a lot of statues and books and all kinds of souvenirs and chotskis for the because even the monks, you know, they said, "Did you bring me anything? You're in China. You forgot me. Did you bring me anything?" You know, so he came back with a lot of. So, are you going to bring any souvenirs back from Las Vegas? Well, I. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I yes, I from the Zen Center, Las Vegas. No, no, no. God knows. Buddha knows. I should say what kind of souvenir you would bring back from there. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, I would need, need another shot, shot to get rid of that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, are we going to be able to record a podcast episode with you in a casino? I think if you try to record anything or video anything, Rocco comes over and asks you very kindly to put it away <laughs> uh, because they're watching everything. In the casinos, they're like Canon with thousands of eyes watching everything, cameras all over the place. You, you see this in movies like Ocean's Eleven, that they're always watching everyone to see if anyone's trying to cheat. Yeah, but if Canon gets mad at you, she doesn't take you out back and break your arm. You know what I mean? She's, yeah, <laughs> she's very forgiving. Point. Yes. So, But we'll find, we'll find uh, some uh, Vegas-like scenes. Uh, maybe I'll get uh, an Elvis impersonator to chant the heart suit. That's what I'd, I'd really like. <laughs> yes, you, you seem to have a weakness for Elvis impersonators. I do. Sinatra and Elvis impersonators. I do. And uh, I'm, I'm in the Mecca, apparently, of Sinatra and Elvis impersonators. So I'm in the right place. You're also in the Mecca of quick weddings. So be careful. And also, I got to say, uh, an anonymous donor. I didn't, I didn't hint or request this at all. I said, my son and I are getting vaccinations. We got an apartment. We're just going to hang low. We're not planning to do anything. We're going to go every uh, free thing. I'm not the kind of guy to pay $200 to see Barry Manlow. That's what I wrote. And he said, <laughs> oh, yes, you are. No, he didn't send me Barry Manlow tickets. But I got this amazing pass where apparently I'm going three laps in an Indy car. Wow. And we get a helicopter ride. And then I get to jump off a building all in one day. Yeah. You who don't like to fly, how are you going to be able to jump off a building? I Yes, I'm not, I'm not too big for indie cars, and uh, I'm not big for jumping <laughs> off a building. But I'm going to do this. This is a test of my, my Zazen power. And plus, I don't want to look uncool next to my teenage son. So I got two things True. that are going to send me off that building. So people, when they go on vacation, when they travel, they're generally looking to see something different, to see something new. Right. But you're not here. You've been to Vegas. You know what it's like. You're not going to see anything different. It's just going to be four weeks of doing things in a different place. Ah, uh, wait, 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 wait. The real trick to good travel. And I got to say, you know, this is a Zen lesson, but I have also been a lot of places. I've been from India to Africa in my life. I've been from Scandinavia down to Poughkeepsie. I've been, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I've been, I've been a lot of places. 
you can find a miracle, a whole universe, right in the blade of grass in front of you. Ah, uh, here we get to the Zen lesson. Well, this is a Zen podcast, yes. That's right. So, no matter where you go and whatever sights you see, remember that always around you every day is newness, change. But don't be grasping. Some people need new, new, new every day. They need the next thrill, the next. Don't be like that either. Experience and savor the new, but don't be attached to the new. That's what, that's what the lesson is. And always, always, but um bum be at home wherever you are. I like to pepper this podcast with literary quotes. So today's is from Marcel Proust, who said, the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. Well, that's a man who wrote, uh, what is it, 27 volumes sitting in a chair, remembering <laughs> things from his mother's kitchen from, 200, from 20 years ago, right? Uh, he, no, that's great. Uh, wonderful books, by the way, because that's just books of observation. And yeah. uh, a, a story of the small things that usually pass us by. What is there is truly a whole universe of activity occurring right before us, and we don't see it. You know, it comes in. The brain is actually a device to eliminate data. Yes, because there are so many stimuli around us that we have to be able to focus on what we're doing. Right. So I think people 200 years ago or 2,000 years ago were just as bored or stimulated as we are, but now we've acclimated ourselves to need to jump off buildings or ride in indie cars or, <laughs> or have 27 channels on the TV as opposed to whatever the movie was, or even just to go someplace for a new experience. It's wonderful to visit. Don't get me wrong. It's wonderful to have new experiences, to taste new tastes, to see things that you've never seen before. It's wonderful. And that's part of life. And I'm not saying no, but you can have that right where you sit if you know how to observe. And yet, if you sit someplace on a street corner in Las Vegas, you will see wondrous things. You will see interesting things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the whole world passes you by. It's the human zoo, as we say, right? Of which yes, you... Is. By the way, when you say, I'm watching the human zoo, you have to remember that you are also one of the inmates. Yes. <laughs> I've never been to Vegas. I've never been to a casino city. I think I went to Atlantic City once with a friend. Um, we drove from New York, but we didn't go in any place. And back then, this was the early days of Atlantic City. So I have no idea what that sort of excess hedonism is like. I've never been to a place like that. I think it's actually pretty tame compared to many places in the world. You know, they say uh, that, uh, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, you know. But I think it's become a very wholesome place um, these days. It's a, basically a grown-up Disneyland, from what I understand. And, well, uh, I saw that movie, The Hangover. Wasn't that a documentary? No, no, like the Master Dogen <laughs> story. It's a little embellished, uh, though no. I don't think uh, that's actually what happened. But uh, I think, you know, Vegas is actually a very safe place from what I understand. And it probably is because there are so many tourists and there are so many people with money that I think the police are very wary and, and everyone is watched all the time there. By the way, we should mention now, this episode is brought to you by the Las Vegas Chamber of <laughs> Commerce. Las Vegas, <laughs> it's a wonderful place to lose your money. 
By the way, I'm not I'm not a gambler. I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, gamble. I, I I learned that lesson my last trip in Vegas when I I said okay I, I'm in Vegas I need to gamble a little and I set a budget of uh, two hundred dollars and uh, within forty five minutes my budget had been spent and uh, so I stopped I I really stopped the gambling until I saw this thing that said if you bet five dollars you get a hat it was in a casino free hat bet five dollars. So I bet $5. By the end of that, my, that hat cost me $45. So I learned my lesson. <laughs> That's the end of my gambling experience. The deserts around there are wonderful. And um, my son is uh, going to be an engineer. So I want to take him a couple of places. I'm going to show him the Hoover Dam. I also want to show him the atomic bomb testing to say, if you're going to be an engineer, please make sure you know what you're designing because, <laughs> you know, you're, what you're making can be used for good or bad. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's it's beautiful out there, and there's wonderful national parks. Will you get as far as the Grand Canyon? Yes, no, we're going to the the Grand Canyon. Yes, uh, wouldn't miss it. Yeah, it, it, the idea of Vegas is interesting. That plopped in the middle of the desert, there is this oasis of of excess. And mm -hmm. again, I've never been there, but I understand you drive five miles out of Vegas, and it's just desert, and everything just stops. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, we, uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, have a little father-son trip. I'm getting uh, rent a car, and I'm visiting uh, Shinchi, one of our uh, priests from uh, uh, Tree Leaf, who has a ranch with a couple of horses. And we're going out there to ride some horses for a couple of days. It's going to be a nice trip. I mean, this is father-son time. It's not every day your, your little uh, kid is going off to college. So. You, so you're doing everything. You're taking your son to do the indie cars, to jump off a building, to ride horses. And to visit Zen Center Las Vegas. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not that last part. I mean, he is he is eighteen, but no, we're not we're not doing that last part. But uh, no, yeah, I, 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 my original plan was just to sit there quietly, and it looks like it's going to be a little more exciting uh, than I had planned, but not that that exciting. I think the weather's going to be pretty warm there, isn't it? Yeah, I believe it. Uh, I was looking at the weather. I think it gets up to be about uh, two hundred degrees, and that's Celsius. <laughs> From what I saw, no, it is it is very warm, but it's a what do they say? It's a dry heat. It's a dry heat, which yeah, which that's means what nothing. they say. <laughs> yeah, T today's forecast is thirty four degrees centigrade in the afternoon. That's about three hundred and seventy five Fahrenheit. No, that's actually just under a hundred Fahrenheit, if I'm not mistaken. They do say it's a dry heat, um, but it's going to get up to oh gee, Monday the seventh, it's going to be forty degrees. That's one hundred and four Fahrenheit. Okay, well, I told my, I told my son, I said, you're going to experience uh, this, and he, he didn't believe me. Well, it's a good experience. But the thing is, I shaved my head. I better wear a hat. It's, uh, well, I was going to say, you better take that hat that you got in Vegas for 45 bucks last time. <laughs> or I can win a new one. No, I'm not going to make no. that mistake again, no. No, but you're in for some very hot weather, according to the forecast. Um, well up in the 90s to 100. Um, but that's, I guess that's part of the experience and everything's air conditioned. That's the thing about Las Vegas. All the creature comforts are there to make you happy. Even the streets are air conditioned. Well, they, they, they blow the air conditioning out of the casinos, I understand, to get you inside. That's their yep. trick. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fall for it. No, <laughs> but where you stay is air conditioned and your car is going to be air conditioned. Although maybe when you get to the ranch, they might not have air conditioning there. It might be, you know, a sort of old-fashioned type thing, but your your creature comforts will be more comfortable than in other parts of the world. I mean, you don't have air conditioning where you are, right? 
Well, uh, but uh, I, I, we don't need it. And, you know, a little known fact is back in the 13th century, uh, uh, AHG, Master Dogen's Temple, did not really have uh, much air conditioning. But it was in the mountains, right? Yes, it was in the mountains, but uh, the, boy, it's, it still can get hot. And that also means in the winter, it would get really, really cold. People were just more tolerant of it. The more luxuries we have, the more we get acclimated to it, and the more we need them. Uh, in the old days, I remember my dad had a car. He'd roll down the windows, and uh, that was your air conditioning, <laughs> you know? And he'd say, I'd say, I'm a little hot. He'd drive a little faster. That's all he could do, <laughs> you know? But uh, now, boy, you got you got. I, I got the car here for the first time. It's got the the person on the left gets his own air conditioning, and the person on the right they get their temperature. I don't I don't even yeah. understand how that works. You said that people in the past were acclimated. It's more that they didn't have a choice. It's more that they didn't know that many centuries later there would be an option to have a button to press to cool off. Right, uh, and uh, they learned to cool off inside. You know, if you if uh, there's a lot of Buddhist practices, a lot of meditation that says if you're feeling hot, you're feeling cold, just find that place within beyond hot and cold. And you can quite a bit. You really can. Uh, I'm going to find basically that same place to ride in the Indy car because (laughs) I need to go to my quiet place deep inside to do that. But uh, Master Dogen in those days, boy, you know, he also walked from Kyoto to get to Echizen. He didn't have much choice. They basically chased him out of town, and uh, he had to walk. But they carried all their stuff across Japan to build their new temple, and uh, that's how you traveled in those days. Uh, you didn't. You didn't uh, call, call. He didn't have Uber on his phone, and all that. And and yet you get to go in a tube in the sky, watching a movie in a comfortable chair. Maybe I'll watch the movie about Master Dogen's travels, sitting there in the plane. Yes. Now, nah, you'll watch some superhero movie or some raunchy Las Vegas comedy. That would get you in the mood. Well, I will confess, maybe I, I do like have a thing for movies. Yeah. Okay. All right, Roshi, where do we go from here? I know where you're going, but what's next? I'm going to Vegas. Meet you there. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating. Tell your friends. You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.